You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In our final episode of the season, Kelly and I discuss recent market events in the U.S. economy and share our summer plans. How much credit can this podcast take for some of the small victories we experienced in the U.S. macro economy? Will Kelly and I survive our summer activities and return for more episodes in a few weeks? You'll have to tune in to find out. Let's get into it. Illinois' governor gave a, gave a commencement speech, and I think it was at University of Illinois, and he was talking about how to tell who was smart and who was stupid. And uh, he said, I've got a, this, my test is look for the, look for the people that are cruel. Mm. They're the stupid ones. Often the the kindest person in the room is also is also the smartest, and I yeah I tend to agree with that mostly. Yeah, I, that that is not unlike the Ted Lasso line about being um, not not creative, not questioning, but be curious, not um, judgmental. You know, and when he's playing dart, do you watch Ted Lasso? Yeah, I do watch Ted Lasso. When he's playing darts against, uh, I haven't finished name? it yet though. Shh. This is season one, though. It should be. No spoilers. Oh, yeah. The first one, the first season I've gotten through. Yeah. When he's playing darts and he beats uh, the bad guy. What's his name? Yeah. Um, Be curious, not judgmental. Uh, I like it. I I also like, you know, you said earlier something about like being questioning and knowing that you don't know. And and I forget what the what, what, what the name for it was, but this like, you know, normalized curve of like knowing that you don't know. And then in the middle is everyone who thinks they know, but like the really smart people know they don't know. And they, they use that to fuel their adventures into the unknown and like their uh, search for information and intelligence is guided by the fact they don't know. Um, And I, I like that a lot. I think that humility opens us up to a lot of interesting findings. And, and yeah, I think you even mentioned now I'm just quoting you back to you, but you even mentioned like that aha moment of, of, finding the nugget that you didn't expect to find, like finding the information that's interesting and unexpected and um, actionable is what drives you to, to keep searching. And I, I dig that so much. Yeah. I, and saying, I don't know is a, is, is the key to unlocking so many doors. Um, yeah. And it's really easy to say, say, with, <laughs> say I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. yeah. It's that easy. Um, so I think, I think for us, uh, the key is going to be to keep asking questions and to keep looking deeper and to keep looking wider. Um, I like to be on the, I like to be on the front end of trends. I mean, that's, that's kind of, um, a really exciting thing for me is to be able to, to see something coming. I mean, that projection is projection is the Holy grail of market research really. Um, and finance, like being able to, to predict the future or at least at least have a decent idea of of what forces are at work um that will affect you or your company or your family or whatever it is um the world even and yeah that's that's um i really enjoy the i continue to enjoy my job because of that which is yeah. what a gift i mean what a gift that i that we get to do this job where our job is to say, I don't know. Our job is to ask the questions and to keep asking questions and to keep digging and searching for that information that can help our industry, frankly. That's perfect. 
Hey, what are your what are your summer plans? Tell me about summer OR. Tell me about everything else you have going on. I'm pretty well. Summer OR is boy. I'm doing laundry. That's how close I am to summer yeah. OR. Oh, I guess it will have passed by the time this. Episode comes. It out. will. So now I get to, and so this is my prediction for Summer OR. We've got ten thousand <laughs> people. Ten thousand people are registered for Summer OR. Oh heck yeah! Um, which is more than I expected. I think. I think a lot of small and burgeoning companies, entrepreneurial, you know, yeah. growing companies are going to be there, um, and I'm excited to see it. I, I think I'm going to see some innovation at Summer OR. I think I'm going to meet some interesting people at Summer OR. See, these are really easy. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think yeah, I'm going yeah. to attend a session at Summer OR. Uh, I, I think this is, you know, I'm, I think this is when we start to see what what the industry is going to look like for the next ten years. This is, I think, we're in the beginning of that, and yeah. I'll be, I'll be, I think some of the questions I have about what that looks like and what's likely to happen over the next two or three years are going to be are going to be answered, at least to a certain extent at OR. Um, it's it will be interesting to see um, how buyers are reacting to to new products or you know new businesses. Um, it'll be interesting to see how those companies that are coming to the show for the first time, and some of them will be exhibiting some not, um, to see what their reaction is to to this particular model of of B two B. And it, you know, this is this is something I'm watching across all of the different trade shows that it, that have popped up in outdoor. So we'll see. Um, I'm hoping that the vibe is good. I'm hoping it's going to be um, a group of of excited people, people that are feeling positive about the business environment and outdoor. But that's you know, we all know that the the business environment and outdoor is is suffering a little bit right now. Um, that's very very clear. And you know, despite having grown. Uh, the participant base since COVID mm-hmm. and not losing a whole lot of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this was going to happen after the surge in 20 and 21. We were going to feel some pain from this, in addition to the blow-up effect that we're mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. seeing in stage of now across the industry. I think this is this is just sort of a normal sort of mini cycle when you have a very big surge in business. I mean, it's always going to yeah. hurt when it when it falls off a little bit. So this it's going to be interesting to see what the patterns look like, especially when it comes to the buy sell cycle across out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I'm looking. That's what I'm looking to see. So I'm predicting that I'm going to learn some things about that at the show, and maybe I can come back and talk about those. Yeah, the listeners aren't going to hear it for a little while, but um, <clears throat> you and I can talk. Well, maybe they can go to OR and decide for themselves what they say. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a nightmare session for me at OR, and so if anybody wants to Schadenfreude on me, they can they can come to the session. It's called Meet Kelly. <laughs> I've had many nightmares about this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a session where people are just supposed to come and hang out with me. <laughs> I like that. That's no pressure. That's that's nice, right? Sure. Is, is the expectation that that you will impart wisdom that you're going to be like up on a pedestal and that you'll be. Uh, giving them all the answers to the test. I don't know, man. I just hope it's not me like sadly sipping a, a cup of water, you know, <laughs> sitting alone on the couch somewhere no, in the no, Hyatt no. Hotel in Salt Lake City. <laughs> It'll be good. Yeah, it'll be if fine. Uh, if no one shows up, you can you can FaceTime me. Uh, I will uh, too. Yeah. I'd be like, dude, nobody wants to talk. <laughs> My marketing team sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm trying like everybody else in the world to take a week or so off to go to the beach and just do nothing. 
Honestly, just basically mess around for a week, go to the beach. You did that last summer, right? Didn't you have like a month long rental? I did in, yeah, in Rehoboth Beach. Um, Didn't do that again. Yeah. That was, that was in April. I mean, I didn't, there's, that was nice. That was a good way to, that was sort of the end of the pandemic for me. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in this case, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm everybody's beach vacation pet. I'm like a dog you take to the beach with you because I cook and I laugh a lot and stuff like that. So I'm a good, <laughs> I keep you from fighting with your spouse because you guys are silly and I can laugh at you and it diffuses yes, everything. That's an important friend to have. Kids like me, you know, it's, a, I'm a great, anybody who needs a vacation pet, I'm pretty fun and you yeah. know available for most of August, I think. What's your, what's your move at the beach? What are you doing when you go to the beach? And I'm asking um, because I'm, I'm told that I need to chill and just hang out at the beach, but I can't just hang out. I'm like fishing in the surf or I'm like walking miles up and down the beach. Like I can't enjoy the beach, but my wife is like, I'm just going to post up here and hang out and read a book. Yeah. Well, I stand a paddle. Um, in, oh, the morning, yeah. in the morning, in the so I wake up early in the morning before anybody else is awake. I just sunrise when, when the wind isn't going to kill you mm-hmm. by blowing you out into the ocean. Um, that's amazing because, you know, dolphins basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a dolphin watching tour. So Very that, cool. and then, and then, you know, I'll hang out in a beach chair and just go for a walk in midday. And I love body surfing. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I haven't surfed in a long time. The last time I surfed was at Virginia beach and it was a disaster. Uh, Why is that? Because it was just rough. And, you know, I learned to surf in Hawaii where it's like, I surfed with grandmothers and white spoiled, totally, spoiled. totally. And, um, and I had to fight just to get out into the break. And that took like a half hour at ocean city yeah, <laughs> or, or yeah. at, uh, at Virginia beach. And then it was just not fun. I mean, Hmm. It just so I should have gone in the morning there to surf before it got choppy like that, but I didn't. Um, so I don't, I don't, I haven't dragged my surfboard to the beach in a long time. And then, you know, yeah, again, I can hang out in a chair on the beach with the best of them, get a little tan, you know, have a couple of drinks, just enjoy the day, watch people. Actually, that Ooh, honestly, that's a good activity. I yeah, just love watching. watching people on the beach. We have wildlife watching as an outdoor rec activity. I wonder if people watching could be included in the physical That's activity very, council. I think, we, I think we should include it. Out, just make it outdoor people watching. Outdoor people watching. Yeah, for sure. Outdoor. If if bird watching is birding, can people watching be peopling? Peopling. Yeah. I, I have a habit of peopling after a hike or something like that. Just kind of sitting at the trailhead and, and rehydrating and just watching folks gear up and criticizing their their bikes or criticizing their hiking gear or whatever um, you find yourself quietly to myself super judgy you know but not not in a way that i think anyone would find it intimidating but just like oh man why are they out here on that bike like that does not seem like the bike that they ought to be riding but whatever you know have, have fun we've spent a lot of time in this podcast talking about like just get outside and and do you, you know, like let Mm -hmm. folks do what they want to do as long as they're doing it safely. And, and in a way that is not endangering themselves or others, like whatever, ride whatever bike you want to ride. But I, I, yeah, yeah, you're just, you're peopling. You're just peopling. Just people watching. I'm thinking, listen, here's how you reframe it to not be so judgy, Patrick, and give you a little, a a little, a little construct exercise. Yes, Yes. Instead of, instead of thinking I'm judging them because they chose the wrong stuff. You could think 
I know what stuff would make their experience better. And I'd love to tell them about oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why you and I are good podcast partners. Cause you can balance me out. Thank you. <laughs> it's just a construct switch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah. So about, I don't know. It was, it was not this, I guess it was this weekend, the Saturday I decided that I needed to go for a hike. It was just, it, it had yeah. been kind of, kind of crappy and, you know, I hadn't been out for a couple of days. And so I got on the hike, and I had the, I, you know, I was, I was really headstrong about what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. And there's this one section of trail that I, that I had not hiked before, which is not usual because this is my home trail system, but I was like, I got to see it. It's time for me to hike that. And so I got up there and I got about, I got about an hour and a half in. I'm like, you know, I probably should turn around. This is probably enough, but I couldn't, yeah. I was like, no, I said I was going to go here and I'm going there. So yeah, I ended up on a, I ended up going on a 13 mile hike when I did not intend to. Right? <laughs> oh man. Do I have a story for you? Uh, um, I yeah. I was going to propose to Brittany years and years ago at, at the peak of this hike in, uh, in the Breckenridge area here in Colorado. And it, it was going to be a, a relatively easy hike. I think it was about three miles. It was just going to be like a, a lazy kind of late morning hike, nothing too crazy. Um, and there's this amazing view at the peak and I've like, I've got like, um, um, picnic stuff, but like, you know, cheese and so the hard meats and champagne and stuff so that we can have a picnic at the top. Have this like, I have a GoPro with the little tripod so I can take pictures and stuff, this beautiful spot in the morning that we were going to do it, uh, whatever local authority had closed down the road to the trailhead for maintenance, you could still hike it but you had to park three miles away from the trail. Oh no. A that three mile hike turned into a nine oh, mile hike. Cause it's no. three miles to the three mile hike. And then th- right. you can do that math. And, uh, and I was like panicking. Cause I was like, I got to This is my plan. I, I got no plan B, you know, like I was, I was much younger. I didn't, I didn't think through all the possibilities and, uh, Brittany agreed, but I didn't, uh, adjust accordingly for the water that I should have taken. So instead of, having it, you know, like we had enough water for a three mile hike, but not a nine mile hike. But what we did have was those little mini bottles of champagne that come in the four pack and the little cardboard carrier. And so we um, like, she, she had that same thought that you had, which is like, I I don't know if I want to make it to the top. I, I just kind of want to stop here. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's like, it's only, you know, another half mile or something. She was like, this is so much more than I bargained for. Like, I don't know. And so we, we stopped and I proposed like short of the peak and it was whatever, beautiful. It was great. Uh, we're still married, but. Um, <laughs> well, she did say yes. I assume she, did, she so. did say yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I, I, I can so relate to that feeling of like, Oh, but it's just a little bit further. And then we've done the thing that we wanted to do, but uh, that's okay. Sometimes you don't make it to the peak and and you did. And I didn't that time, but there's been plenty of other times when I'm like, no, just, just, you know, crest one more little hill and then crest one more little hill, crest what I can go all day. But uh, yeah, so that was that, that was, was actually story. a really great um, metaphor for marriage that you that you took crest your, your, fian- your, your um, soon to be fiance on that hike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Unexpected difficulties. Sometimes it's just, you know, you just got to get through it. Yeah. Why did why am uh, I with this person that took me on this death march? I mean, yeah, marriage. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. Uh, I wonder if my ex-husband will listen to this. <laughs> yeah, he emails me all the time. He's a big listener. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. 
That's too funny. Uh, man. So, yeah, I I think we can take credit for everything. You know, the I think we should. Quality I think we of your marriage to. number 1, the economy mm-hmm. number 2. Number 2. Yeah. That's it. I, I think, think uh I think good. The increased yeah. participation in outdoor take credit for I'm going to take credit for. Yeah. It's all Yeah, pausing the raising of interest rates at the Federal Reserve. That was yep. a big surprise yesterday, actually. I was, uh, I, yeah. I was not expecting that. I thought no, it was, was going to be either. five basis points. I mean, I thought that they were going to do that for a while. I did, um, too. I th- my understanding from uh, the Honorable Jerome Powell was that um, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Like, exactly. We're just going <laughs> to suffer until, until, <laughs> until you start listening to what I'm saying. I'm going to keep raising this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I... I trust him. He knows what's up. The, there's there's teams and teams of folks that are experts in their areas that that know what's best for the economy. And uh, you know, it, it it might be the case. <clears throat> excuse me. It might be the case that um, some of the factors that influence the macro economy are, are changing a little bit, and that you know we have this like this this shift in how we think about consumer spending and how we think about. Um, all all the different metrics as measurements towards economic health. But I think a, um, yeah, I, I was surprised and and sort of glad to see the interest rate hikes w- were pausing. Um, and B, I think it's totally fair that inside the outdoors takes a lot of credit for that, that we solved the economy. Of course. <laughs> the applause, the applause, I can hear it from, from yeah. out. In the- can you put that in post, Drew? Can you put the, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I was thinking applause. about this and, the, you know, when we were talking about about generations earlier, probably before we started recording today, mm-hmm. um, I was thinking about this a lot because I was thinking about uh, Gen Z. I had just read an article in The Washington Post that came out today um, called What Gen Z Wants in the Workplace. And the article is interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is it's it, because as we recover, as we figure out how things are going to be in the future, yeah. it's Super interesting to watch what's going on in the workforce and see what, you know, people are saying about Gen Z, what Gen Z is doing. And I know, you know, I'm worried for outdoor about Gen Z because I note, I noted in the participation data that they are, they're um, participating at the lowest rate of any cohort. Like really 65 and over is participating at a higher rate than 18 to 24 right now. How interesting. Kids know. I mean, the, the 17 and under know. I mean, they're they're participating. They're participating at a low rate compared to um, other generations at the same yeah, time. Yeah, we've seen but, that in bike for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm very concerned, and you know, I'm glad that that 65 and over and 55 and 55 and to 64, so 55 and over really are increasing their participation rate. But I'm worried about them, about Gen Z. So I'm reading everything I can, mostly because I, they're going to be the trendsetters. So I want to know what's going on. Yeah. And it's pretty interesting to read about their their views about the workplace and you know what we should be thinking about in the future. And it's, I mean, so much of it centers on diversity and inclusion. Yeah, um, their generation's much more diverse than mine or yours, frankly. And mm-hmm. it's it's I think that's it's going to be amazing to watch this younger generation, you know, figure out uh, how to how to build the world that they want and the world that they want is a world I want to live in yeah, I'm just yeah flat sure. out say that I am totally on their side I agree with I agree with their views I wish they weren't so nihilistic but I I, <laughs> I, get, I get it I get it yeah 
But I think, yeah. you know, in terms of thinking about the future and thinking about what we're going to be looking at over the next couple of years, it's just, it's critical to think about this generation. Think about the workplace. What is a workplace going to look like? Because it yeah. looks like we're going to get out of this recession, or we weren't in a recession, out of this this um, period of high inflation mm-hmm. um, with without without killing the job market. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and hopefully. So, be- what a, That's I what mean, all the signs are pointing to for now. What an artful, what an artful job. I mean, sometimes I think the the Fed is just a hammer and all they can do is mess with interest rates. But every once in a while, I think, yeah, I think they know what they're doing. Our economy is in better shape than almost any economy in the world right now um, in terms of inflation and the job market. And so I was super surprised because the, you know, unemployment is still at historic lows. And I didn't think Jerome was going to was going to stop until it wasn't. <laughs> that yeah, that was my goal, or not my goal. That was my prediction too. Was that his goal was to really bring that number up and and sort of, um, yeah. I, I think he said something at some point like it's gonna hurt before it it gets any better. You know, they always say that. Um, yeah, it's always darkest well, before the dawn. Sounded uh, like a minute. But <laughs> yeah. well, well hey, so. So we're going to take a break for a couple of months, but tell me, what are your predictions for when you get back? Yeah. Well, I, want to wrap, I want to wrap that conversation. Oh, oh yeah. It sounds like I didn't make sense, <laughs> which I do what? promise. Yeah, okay. The reason, the reason I'm thinking about generations in the workplace is because mm. what Gen Z wants, if the, if the job market stays this tight for on the side of, of the workers, they're going to get a lot of what they want worth paying attention to what they want. Yeah. That's my point. That's that's why I was thinking about all this in sort of that that modular way. Like this is how you know what's going on with Jerome Powell and the Fed and the economy relates to what we're thinking about in terms of trends, which is driven by young people. And here's what's going on with young people. That's I mean that's always we're always going to be looking at that. Yeah, I mean that's not a good wrap up for the season, but maybe maybe that's a preview for next season. I don't know. Yeah, I dig it. But you were saying you were wrapping up, dude. You were no. I was, I, I was inviting you to give me your predictions for what the world will look like, what the market will look like when we get back together. And if you, I, I think it's probably going to look about the same in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's in a couple fair. of years, in a couple of years, um, you know, some of it depends on how certain. Uh, We'll say cultural conflicts play out in at least in the United States, and that's this is happening all over the world. But yeah, you know this. I think I think I I'm willing to predict that you know the the forces that are less cruel and less closed and and um, more inclusive will will prevail. And and we go through cycles like this. I mean, I, this is not the first time I've seen you know this this sort of you know tightening of the grip. But yeah, you know, I, th- I think that in the next couple of years that we're going to be pushed towards sustainability in a very, very serious way by Gen yeah. Z. Um, that the idea that we can just use stuff, throw it away, it's that's that's going to be looked at in the in the in the near future as relative heresy. You know, that, yeah. that and it's not going to be just in in products. It's going to be throughout your life. You know, everything is going to be about let's let's figure out how we can build um, economically sustainable communities. Let's think about how we can build um, sustainability into our products, 
Let's think about how we can build sustainability into transportation. Um, so I think that that will become a, a pretty dominant theme um, going forward. If right, if you know the whatever whatever turbulence our our society is going through right now is is calmed and mm-hmm. calmed in a direction that that isn't, um, let's say, more relatively structured. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, okay. Yeah. Let me just um, insert a shameless plug for people for bikes work because we just you know you're talking about. Um, all the different factors that sort of affect our industry. And we just produced our Q2 global risk and opportunity forecast from S&P Global, which goes over how um, how our supply chain could be challenged by certain events abroad and how the macro economy here in the U.S. could affect our ability to, to effectively like market and sell products in the U.S., through retail. So I'll, I'll put a link to the episode description to that report. But uh, for those with questions about how all those factors might uh, might affect the bike industry, we do have research and and we'll keep updating that every quarter. I Excellent. think that's the, the coolest report that we've ever done yeah. is this like qualitative and quantitative analysis of the threats and the opportunities that are going to face the bike industry over the next five years. Every, every quarterly report has a five-year horizon. And it's just it's it's dense, but there's a lot of amazing information in there. So tell me a little bit about um, the predictions, um, opportunities, threats. What are we looking at? Uh, you, you know, I think economists. Not I think it is definitely the case that economists are infamous for saying it depends. And there's there's a little bit of it depends in this report, but it just like every one of these reports, um, it follows a lot of distinct threads through. Um, you know the the war in Ukraine is still something where that we're monitoring and and um the next few months of that or the next year of that however long it lasts like that's that's going to affect us and we don't know what's going to happen but um if it heads one way then we know it'll have this effect on the economy if it heads the other way we know it have it'll have this effect on the economy and um i don't i don't want to give it away for free so i'm just going to tease that um the the report had a revised forecast that was down a little bit from the previous forecast because consumer spending wasn't as strong in Q2 of 23 as as we thought it might be in previous versions of this report. Um, but that's the beauty of this quarterly update is that we're constantly bringing in the newest, most relevant data to inform our expectations for the market. Uh, so so maybe I leave it there and I'll let the readers check it out. Um, I was gonna, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bra- I'm gonna brag a little bit. I had a sure. I had lunch with the with the head of Select USA last week. Cool. Doesn't that sound cool? Yeah, he's one of my oldest friends. <laughs> oh. I just happen to have friends that did good things. But I mean, we had a re- so we had a real conversation over sushi and and beer about Amazing. what was going about what was going on in terms of nearshoring and and reshoring um, yeah. in, in various sectors. And I, I mean, I worked with this guy at NIST for about five years back in back in the 90s. Just a great guy. And he said, look, I said, one of the problems is that, you know, you can't move all of your sourcing here. I mean, a lot of your sourcing is still going to be overseas. There, there, and, and until the government decides that it wants to wants to incentivize that instead yeah. of just saying, move your manufacturing here. You know, we need help um, if if you if this is really and he said that's that's really not what this is about. Like this is about, you know, trying to help companies that that want to produce in this market find ways to do that. 
and, you know, in, and encourage that whenever possible, but to be realistic, you know, about what the economy is, this is that we're not going to go back to, you know, as a simple national economy that just doesn't happen. No, no, no matter how some, how much some people want that to happen, which would impoverish the world. You know, again. I, I, how much people say they want that? I'm going to put that qualifier in there. How much people say they want that? Because I look see at the those way same that we people coming out money. of Walmart with a with that's, a stack of of eight dollar t shirts. So that's what I'm saying. It's if we critically evaluate how we spend our dollars and we vote with our dollars, it's it's a different paradigm than they're suggesting they want. You know, like I, of course, we can't be a national economy. Of course, we're we're you know, it's a one-way street. Um, but let me let me jump back to the the optimistic little um, nugget, the data snack that I'll I'll plug here for the S and P global global risk and opportunity forecast. Do you think that, I should? Do you think I should trademark data snack? Absolutely. Done. I'm going to put a little R at the end of it, and, and it's why, did, why haven't we done I'm that already? Own it. <laughs> um, but that we expect the kids' bike market to really rebound this this fall um, as that purchase cycle is much shorter than a lot of other bikes and as some of the economic indicators point to uh, increased consumer spending. And, and that market is really elastic in that it, it reacts quickly to positive economic indicators and it reacts quickly to negative economic indicators as parents are buying models for their um for their kids and their, you know, their, their toddlers are getting trikes and the, the older adolescent kids are getting bikes to ride to school and stuff. And uh, that we, we expect that to bounce back and, and return to a normal, you know, um, later this fall. So that's, that's the bit of optimism that I'll, I'll share. And then the rest of it is behind the paywall. Uh, nice. Yeah. 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 I like it. I'm, I'm interested I think we're members. I'm gonna I'm gonna get me a copy of that. Mm-hmm. Read it. Read it up I'll on the plane to, to Salt Lake. That's that's really interesting. Um and that jibes with what I've been hearing from yeah. you know, the the various smarter ec- people regarding economics. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, the next the next few years. The other thing that I'm that I'm seeing since you asked for my predictions is you know the Shoot. What's really interesting to me is um, what women, especially young women, are doing. I mean, the 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 rate of college graduation is much much higher for Gen Z women than it is for Gen Z men. Um, really? Yeah, and they're graduating high school at higher rates. They're and and um, starting to occupy many many STEM jobs. So I, I I have to ask myself, okay, you know, that's that's notable in and of itself. But I think that like the that influence in the in the workspace is going to be pretty is going to be pretty significant. Um, so in addition to just looking at what Gen Z is doing specifically as a generation, I've, I'm keeping a close eye on Gen Z women. And I think yeah. in terms of, of a marketing target, they're a great marketing target. They're smart. Um, when I talk about sustainability, they are driving that. It's Gen Z women are 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 the ones that are really, really the, the champions of sustainability. And it, and I think that if you want to know, I mean, if you want to keep an eye on what's going on in terms of trends, and I'm not talking about learning how to, how to use Gen Z language. If, if you're not Gen Z, that'd <laughs> be like me going, dude, clout. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about really looking at actions. You brought up a really good point just a minute ago about watching, 
you know, what people do rather than what they say, mm, right? The difference yeah, for between sure. those two things is really important. So, you know, if you're, if you want to be a trend spotter, if, if somebody's listening out there and you really want to be a trend spotter, I'm just saying with my secret, my secret sauce is to look at what, what the, the dominant young, the dominant cohort in the younger yeah. generations is doing where they're driving what they're saying. And that'll give you, that's, that's your sniff, go sniff. And that's, that's gross when I think about what I just said, but you know what I mean? You're yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. We're not going to trademark that. We're not going to trademark no. go sniff. No, I'm not putting mean. an R after that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Trend sniffing. Um, yeah. You know what? I, uh, I volunteer in a position that that has me going to a college campus every week. Um, and yeah, just sort of keeping eyes and ears open while on a college campus and seeing what, what, young, you know, that, that's just one segment of the population. It's younger, higher educated folks. Um, yeah. Just, just being aware of your surroundings and being curious enough to go like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder what that is. Yeah. I'd say be it, intentional really about it. Be, be intentional. intentional. Yeah, for sure. You know, and be curious, as you said in the very beginning today, um, the key to the key to this is to just be curious. Keep yeah, asking. Yeah, that was Ted questions. Lasso that said it. We got there through Ted Lasso. Uh, you know, I, I, I gotta you, I gotta give, give Coach credit. Yeah, you could be a cover band for Ted Lasso. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's going to be fascinating. That's what I have to say. I mean, if, if you if you're just if you're curious and you want to see things happening, it's the key is. I mean, the key to this whole thing goes back to our whole discussion about bias. Mm-hmm. Right before you, it's this like meditation. You've got to be intentional about it. You know, when you're when you're sitting at the trailhead, peopling, peopling, <laughs> peopling, try your best to do it without bias. Like wrecking when you're sitting there and you're looking at people. Here's a fun exercise: do it at the airport, do it wherever you people. Do your best to recognize your biases as you're looking. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see yeah. a whole bunch yeah. of them. That's a great exercise in and of itself. And then try and and then. Just for fun, for five minutes, trying people without without any bias, or as as with as as controlled bias as you can possibly mm-hmm. get, right? Because you're always going to see through your lens. You can't. There's no perfectly objective lens that you can look through, and your lens is always always going to be you know adjusted for your experiences. But try it and see what happens, and see what questions you have, and and wonder like when you see something that's just like. They're not riding the right bike on this trail. I wonder, I wonder why. Why Why yeah. aren't they? And then you can even ask them questions and people will think you're dumb and crazy. But you know what? You're going to get answers and it's going to mm-hmm. be amazing. And I those answers that. will lead you to more questions and more questions and more. But the more you the more you intentionally practice that as an exercise, the better you're going to get at identifying trends and staying on top of them early when you can still take advantage of, of what you're seeing. That's perfect. Yeah, I take it. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna leave us on a bit of a cliffhanger, okay? And, then, and okay. then we're gonna take it home. But okay, I you know we're this is the season finale. We're gonna take like a little bit of a break. Uh, in two days, I will head to the Montana backcountry as the bears are waking up. My my whole Instagram feed has just been parks and wildlife agencies from across the the Rocky Mountains with a bear showing oh, bear human interactions. <laughs> you know, like bears coming in to like you know just trying to open doors to, to eat a bunch of food after they wake up and, and like, you know, they've, they've got their tubs with them now. Cause it's, it's June. Um, but 
hopefully you, Kelly, have a co-host when uh, when this podcast resumes and then I'm not, you know, in a pile of bear shit in Montana somewhere uh, floating well, down I the mean, river. And, you dude, know. As, epic, as epic ways to exit go, you know, killed by bears, not bad. Killed by bears, not bad. If I end up killed by bears because I deserved it, right? I ought to be able to navigate my way around that situation. <laughs> If I, I think if I got killed by I hope those are my last words by something that would eat me, I'd think, well, you yeah. know, if I didn't ashes think I ashes. had any any purpose, now I go. do. I was a meal. <laughs> cool. I well, help support um, wildlife in the in the most personal way. We can all strive to be data snacks. Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time.